0: Welcome to A History of the Inca. Episode 36, Tupac Kapak and the Yana Kona. Hello everyone and welcome once again to A History of the Inca. I am your host, Nick Mashinsky. I hope you're all doing well. Personally, I've been busy trying to get the house ready for our two new additions that could be coming at any point. Cleaning, making a bunch of freezer meals, assembling furniture, cursing at said furniture. I have been very busy. But I do get on Twitter or Facebook now and then and post a picture or link to an article I've recently read that's related to the show. I just posted an article about some mummified macaws that were actually found in the Atacama Desert. The birds, when alive, traveled with traders who traversed the terrain and kept the birds for their plumage. Anyways, the point is, if you're listening to this podcast, awesome. But there is bonus material out there as well. Follow the show on Twitter at Podcast or like our Facebook page to see some of the articles and visuals that the show is putting out there. Last time we met, Tupac was overseeing Capacrimi, a very important Inca ceremony which celebrated the male initiation rites of young Inca warriors. In fact, one of the Sapa Inca's own sons was taking part in the ceremony, observing the sacrifices, taking part in the races, As well as the occasional flogging. However, sometime towards the end of the ceremony, Tupac received word that a rebellion was being plotted by his own kin. So let us go and meet this rebellious family member of Tupac and see how successful this rebellion truly was. Enjoy. Tupa Kapak was the brother of Tupac Inca Yupanqui, and his actual name may have been Tupac Kapak, But to avoid confusion, I will stick to Tupac for our tale. Tupac's job was, to put it in modern terms, Inspector General. He was doing the rounds of an area of the empire. Unfortunately, the sources are not keen on revealing which area of the empire this might be, However, we are told that it was recently conquered territory. From this we could insinuate that this could be an area within Koyasuyu. But again, we cannot say for certain. It may well have been Chichis It may well have been Chinchasuyu or Kondasuyu. Now Tupa was a trusted family member and was quite well off. He had property which probably meant an estate, and servants called Yanakona. All of these were bestowed to him by his own brother, Tupac. For whatever reason, it seems that the gifts that were given to Tupac were not enough. So the idea of fomenting a rebellion began, and he got the idea of using the Yanakona servants as his weapon. But what were the Yanakona? Well, as I just said, they were a type of servant. The translation is servants-in-waiting. And this was an entire class of people. This wasn't a small group at all. The origins of the Yanakona are difficult to nail down. But it is likely that they were present in the Andes for quite some time. I've seen accounts that say Pachacuti used Yanakona during his reign but ethnohistorian Maria Rostwowski de Canseco says like many things, the Inca didn't invent the Yanacona class system, but they expanded the system to its greatest extent and used them in ways that perhaps were not thought of before. You see, Yanacona were unlike any other class or group of people in the Andes. These people were not connected to their birthplace or even to the place they were moved to. Because of this subtle yet important nuance, the use of reciprocity was not necessary to please them. This is different from the Meet May groups that we discussed in episode 28. Meet May still retain ties to the land that they were removed from. Some of their family members may still have lived there. There were still important ties to the landscape that they yearned for. But most importantly, the rules of reciprocity still had to be used to persuade a group of meatme to do a task. This was not the case with the Yanakona. The Yanakona performed tasks without expecting anything in return. And I imagine, though they were a class of people, they were broken up more than a group of may would have been, possibly individuals being sent to different places to break up any sort of familial or cultural bonds. Yannakona, or Yana, as they are sometimes referred to, were kept on retainer and were completely dependent on their respective lord or overseer. Despite their origin being a bit murky, the yanacona were increasingly used as the Inca Empire grew. You see, when the Inca first began expanding with the purpose of bringing in and holding territory outside of the Cusco heartland, they could depend upon the Inca of privilege to fill various positions such as Caraca throughout the empire. But according to Rostworowski, the yanacona were increasingly used instead of the Inca of privilege to fill such positions. This is important because it was quite a shift in the power structure of the empire. The Inca still had to use the system of reciprocity for the Inca of Privilege. That class of people were an important power base, surrounding the capital, and were tied to the land. The Inca of Privilege were also intertwined with the Inca through marriage alliances, going back all the way to Inca Roca. So the Inca needed to keep the Inca of privilege happy, and to do so, reciprocity was still required. Since the Yanacona were servants and not, and not tied to any land, the system of reciprocity didn't apply to them. Some were servants on estates and tohuacas. We are told that as many as 50 served the mummy of Wanakapak, a future Sapa Inca that we will discuss in due time. But Yatacona could be used for more than just serving Huacas. They could be placed in positions of power where the Inca of privilege would have been placed previously. And because they were beholden to the person in charge of them, they were an ideal class of people to be used by, say, the Sapa Inca, we briefly mentioned in episode 19, The Laws of Pachacuti, that one possible punishment was becoming a Yanakona. but Rastwarowski claims that even highborn individuals could become Yanakona and were thus not considered slaves. I'm not going to get into what constitutes slavery and what doesn't here on this show. But being a Yanukona certainly doesn't seem like it was the most freeing thing to be in the Inca Empire, even if you were elevated to a certain power position. So why the shift to the Yanakona now? Why hadn't any previous group of people used the Yanukona in this way to shake off the system of reciprocity? Well initially, well, initially, the system of reciprocity works great. It was necessary for survival when we get to the AU level. At a larger scale, it is what got the Inca Empire first rolling and expanding outside of its own heartland. But you also have to consider the succession laws of the empire. Remember those? The heir of the empire receives nothing but the title, while the Panaca of the previous Sapa Inca received all the land and the goods. This led to the empire to grow at an uncontrollable rate. As more groups were incorporated, more goods needed to be produced because there were all of a sudden more groups that needed to be pleased. All of those groups contributing mita and soldiers, they still received goods for those services. Thanks to Tupac's conquests during his father's reign, as well as his own, the empire was huge. The greatest conqueror of the Andes expanded the empire all the way to Quito and had been repelled near the Mole River in Chile. As far as expansion options go, they were becoming slimmer. They had gone as far west as possible. They were up against the Pacific Ocean. The east had proved difficult thanks to the Amazon and the south was not much better. There needed to be another way of governing the empire because there were few places to really expand to and bring in new goods. Thus, the exploitation of the Yanocona was a way to adapt to the situation, breaking the system of reciprocity that had been used in the Andes for centuries. Tupac Promised the Yanacona he came across, riches and other favors, if they would rebel against their lord and place the fringe on his head. We can assume that these Yanacona were more than just attendants to some huacas. It is likely that they were lords installed by the Sapa Inca. And we can assume this because Tupa was able to raise enough forces to put an army together and march towards Cusco. He wouldn't have been able to do that if the Yanocona were not positioned as Caracas or Sinchi, positions that could call upon their group when needed. The rebellious Tupac had hoped to keep his plot a secret, but somehow word had slipped and had gotten back to Tupac right after Capac Rami, and the Sapa Inca knew he had to act. Unfortunately for us, it isn't clear what happened next. There's no account that there was a fight, but we do know that Tupac Inca Yupanqui killed Tupac Kapak and all of his supporters. It was likely that a battle did take place, as opposed to, say, an assassination of Tupac, as we are told that Tupac personally oversaw the execution of Tupac's advisors and many of the Yanukona who had supported him. Such an event means that all of these people were within the same area at the same time. It is said that the river at which the executions took place came to be known as the Yana Yucca, or Black Water. As the blood stained the river, Mama Oklo, Tupac's sister and principal wife, convinced the Sapa Inca to stop the executions and to pardon the rest. He relented, pardoning an unknown amount of the rebellious Yanacona, and he relinquished them over to Mama Oklo, whom they would serve. Upon review of Tupac Capac's work, the deceased Inca seemed to have done more plotting than inspecting. And so Tupac appointed another brother, Apu Acachi, to be an inspector. But before Apu left... To carry out his duties the Sapa Inca instructed him to stay away from the Yanakona. This latest rebellion seems to have unnerved Tupac a little bit. As we've seen previously he was no stranger to fighting and had no qualms about suppressing a rebellion. However rebellions had always been from faraway groups. This one was his own brother. I'm sure that caused Tupac some anxiety and the yearning for his loyal older brother, Yupanki. Tupac Tupac's Yanacona rebellion was the only rebellion by a family member to have taken place during Tupac's reign, or at least the only one that we are aware of. Next time, though, we see Tupac take to the Kapaknan one last time, to quell one last rebellion.